0: And that's why, you know, continuous. And I, I, know a lot of coaches say this all the time: continuous education is the answer. But it sure is. Yep. I, I've done a lot of short programs. I've done programs that there's probably minimum, minimal accountability, uh, checking, making sure things are happening, and they they're good for maybe a tiny amount of people. But generally, for the the team members at your practice, they're ineffective. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Content Maximizer podcast, a show dedicated to giving you the latest digital marketing tips, ideas, and interviews to help you attract, engage, convert, and retain more customers from the internet. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cho.
1: This is part two of our two-part interview with Jane on how to convert more inquiries into consultations. In this episode, we deep dive into how to handle website inquiries and quickly turn them into consultations, what your practice conversion rate should be, and how many attempts you should make to get hold of a prospect before writing them off. So enjoy. Now, the other one that, um, that I hear often um, about website inquiries is that FOC says, I can't get a hold of those people right you know like there's a website inquiry i can't get a hold of them um any tips on how quickly should someone get onto a website leads i know you touch on that before um yeah i'm curious what's your um your experience like how quickly should you know at the foc team you know get onto a website inquiry
0: yeah, and that's a, a really great question because I think what I'm hearing on phone calls is I hear a lot of uh, dental teams taking uh, phone calls from people who are actually calling because no one had called them. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, I think, and I always say to team members, you're very lucky, aren't you, that they did call you yeah. because they could just go online and book somewhere else. Or, you know, I haven't heard from them. Sometimes it's people are very unforgiving. It's like next. Next. You know, there's a lot of good dentists out there, a lot of good dental practices. So we don't want to miss the boat. So I think, you know, I always say if you've got inquiries that you can see in your inbox have come through for, and they're all automated to your appointment schedule. So, you know, some are, some aren't. um, So you can see where the appointment's been made. You've got, should get notifications of that. Then it should be an immediate thing you do first thing in the morning. That's why I'm a big lover of at least a one-hour appointment for each first patient of the day. Because this gives us that time and opportunity to make those outgoing phone calls without mm-hmm. the, the stream of, of small appointments arriving first thing in the morning. That was something we structured because there was, there's a lot of housekeeping to do first thing in the morning, looking at our inbox. And now with online inquiries, we need to be on them straight away. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'm a big lover of, which keeps us honest, is give them a time frame of when you're going to be calling them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they know you'll call them. And you're going to call them in this time frame, and don't let them down. Yes. So there's, there's, you've made yourself accountable, and you do it then. Yes. Yeah.
1: One of um, the things that we've automated um, yeah. is when someone fills in an inquiry forms from our client, an SMS actually goes out to the prospect, and say, "Hey, thanks for the inquiry. When's a good time for us to call you back?" And then yeah. they text back, "Oh, any time after three etc. So now you know that the patient expecting you to call them, you know when's a a good time to be in touch. And now what's really important is that you honour that. Um, Yeah, so then the chance of actually catching them is also a lot higher by um
0: by yeah you're giving them and you could even do it in a way I love I love that you you hand over the control but to maintain I suppose the control of your day you could even uh you know have an allocation of time that that they could and give them two choices so you that could be an option too but yeah it's I love that that's that's a that's a good way to um, make it more convenient because I think convenience to our patients it's it's interesting uh with scheduling because I always say, you know, the core of scheduling is that it's about staying in control of your, your schedule mm-hmm. and your patients fit into your schedule. But while you you are enforcing your patients to fit into your schedule, you're making them feel like you're actually fitting their schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's the illusion of it because you must maintain the order of your schedule, otherwise it's going to be all over. It's like that question um, you say to patients, oh, when would you like to come in? What's your preferred time? And then they say, um, Friday at 2 o'clock would be good. No, I'm sorry, the dentist isn't in on Friday. And I'm thinking, well, why would you have asked that question unless you have every appointment available? So it's, you know, straight away, it's, it, it opens you up for um, a really interesting game of what I call appointment tennis. Is back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you spend the next three or four minutes trying to work out different, on, obviously, online. But again, yeah, you just got to work out how that fits in with your schedule of your day. Because if they give you a time, then all of a sudden that doesn't work. Then you you could be back and forth a bit. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. And I think yeah.
1: like with online forms, they can say prefer dates and time, but yeah. you not necessarily get it. Um, yeah. But then go, hey, you know, Mrs. Smith, I noticed that, you know, you prefer Friday at this time. Um, that's not available. However, the closest we have is this and that. Yeah. yeah. Which one works yes. better for you? Um, so, yeah, give me some so choices. You slot something that is close to what they want. Because the thing is with a, a practice, as you know, when they're really busy, um, mm. the appointment books does get booked very quickly. Um yes. yeah, so then it's working with the patients. And patients. and then also I think um, and this is, once again, a whole different conversations of new patients <laughs> versus existing patients and mm. you know, how how you, you fit them in. And, of course,
0: you want to see new patients as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's a strike while the iron is hot, they say, um, because they – I always say to dental teams, I, I, I was on a training call just before we came on here today, and... Mm-hmm. Um, said to them I said when is the time that most patients want to schedule their appointment and the girls I spoke to said today I said it's actually yesterday (laughs) you know there's that level of urgency that they have that it's so silly that they want to schedule in you know time that's gone and and that's their then you know often they've decided to make that phone call so let's take action right now and we try and get them in as soon as we can't can but a lot of um uh, appointment schedules really fail because you know we hear things from team members oh I'm sorry we're fully booked yet we're doing all this marketing but we have a fully booked appointment schedule well how does that work we have to leave those openings and what we call leapfrog and you know we're booking existing patients in but still considering that we need that nice flow of new patient input as well mm. and and that's always seems to be a challenge, I find, for most dental practices mm-hmm. to be able to structure that and stay true to it as well. Because it's very easy to cave, and all of a sudden you go, Oh, I can just book you in here. And you know that you're scheduling them in a new patient appointment uh, block there, and you shouldn't be doing that. So, yeah, yeah it's so, so there's so many things to um Balancing. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We talked this morning, it was funny, I was talking to a team about, um, you know, that uh, uh, unconscious competence. Yes. And developing that skill to get to a point where you're just like hopping on a bike. And and you know you're doing it, but you don't know you're doing it. It's yeah. because it's become so um, automatic for you. Yeah, yeah. Even though you're aware, mm-hmm. but you do it in a way that, um, yeah, is just so it's not as hard but it's always hard right at the start yes is the uh,
1: consciously
0: conscious uh, incompetent that's yes. the, part at the beginning. yeah the first one yeah you know or the yeah you don't know you're getting it wrong because you, oh, you don't yeah. know well
1: happened. yes the unconscious yeah.
0: and then <laughs> unconscious you know you're getting it wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then you because know you're getting the first it right. question we <laughs> had
1: how would you know there's an opportunity, you know, when, it's, you know, when they're at the unconsciously incompetent stage? Yes.
0: And, you know, but the beautiful thing about the call tracking is I'm not the only one listening to phone calls. I get the team to listen to just a small number of calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way they can really, you know, and I've got teams, as you know, who are doing the analysis of the phone calls and then they tell me. Mm -hmm. where they need to make improvements. Mm -hmm. So they've got to that stage now where they're they're aware and that self-analysis is really strong because they have to hold themselves to it because they're the ones that saw it and then we talk about ways to uh, improve on on what they've been saying. And often it's that correlation, um, not getting good results. Why is, why are people calling up asking about price and we're not, see, we don't seem to be booking those patients in. Yeah, or well, why are we
1: getting so many tie kickers and marketing is so bad? <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs>
0: Well, but then, you know, that conversion, make that the challenge because just because they ask the price, it's I, I always say to them this, mm-hmm. I made many appointments mm-hmm. for what people might consider to be ty- people who are tyre kickers, people who might be wasting my time, their time, mm-hmm. who ended up being long-term, loyal, referring patients of the practice. I love it. Who you never would have anticipated that had you have judged that initially on that phone call.
1: Uh-huh. And and what I feel is the energy that you bring in into that conversation is that you're present to them, you care about them, you listen, mm-hmm. well, you ask questions and you listen rather than judging and trying to get off the phone as soon as possible so that you can go back on Instagram. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope <hurry up>. not. <laughs> I know, I know, I caught, I, it sounds terrible, like I caught them this week, not in a dental practice, but there were two other businesses I went to and I thought, and I looked, and exactly, they were on Instagram, mm-hmm. both on social media. Yeah,
1: and they just want to get on Work. the phone as quickly as possible, you know, so yeah. they can keep doing the thing. And that's why for me, you yeah. know, the FOC team is so critical. Um, and when you get that culture right, then spend mm. money on marketing. You know, otherwise, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. So, you know, um, you know, getting towards the wrap up of this call, I'm curious. Um, from your experience or um, uh, uh dental practices that you've worked with, um, what would you say? I mean, different practices are at different stages, but you know, mm. what would you say will be the conversion rate that a practice
0: should aim for? Um, from inquiries to booking it numbers, Um, The numbers don't lie. I know it's a cliche, but the numbers, are, that's where the truth is about where your practice is. So I always say, you know, you want to you know where you are right now. Everyone's always getting excited about where I want my practice to go. Well, where are you right now? And where do you want to go? But looking at the increments of change, and I could say to you, oh, look, you know, the conversion rate, uh, if we can get conversions rate rates up to 89% because obviously 100% is a hard one because you do have the people that you're just not, they're not going to be a match to your practice. Yep. You can't, you, no matter how, how good your persuasion skills are, your questioning so skills, true. your building before you're, you're not going to convert them. Hopefully you can help them in some way on that phone call though. Yep. I don't like to just cut them off. Um, so we allow for that number. So, you know, if we can work in that high 80s conversion rate, that's excellent. But you need to know how many calls are coming into the practice and you also need to keep track and you also need to know of what the, not only, you know, you've got your patients that booked in for an appointment, but how many of them actually keep the appointment. So we're looking at that fallout, uh, the FTAs, the cancellations, and then we can take it much further and look at what the retention is because that's ultimately what we want. We want the new patient to come through and stay with us and retain and be retained and sometimes that's build on that rather than keep churning which is yeah hiring
1: for everybody
0: it is and the cost too because we all know you know what those costs are from from a marketing point of view every time the phone call rings um we need to put the money in the jar don't we each time we don't convert or something (laughs) i don't know maybe that's that might be might be a bit much but I think with practices is, you know, the, the thing is we, we need to be fair to team members and, and make it really achievable for them. As soon as they get a sniff that, oh, my gosh, I don't think I could ever do that, that's unrealistic. They need to see it as realistic to where they are right now Mm -hmm. Uh, from an educator's point of view we always when we're looking at learning we always look at well where's the person right now Mm -hmm. we want to know where we want to take them Mm -hmm. but we're going to do different steps if they've got a longer journey to make and we take it easy on them so they can see it really happening so just we take small baby steps over time and that's why you know continuous and I, I know a lot of coaches say this all the time continuous education is the answer but it sure is yeah. I, I've done a lot of short programs. I've done programs that there's probably minimum, minimal accountability, mm-hmm. uh, checking, making sure things are happening, and they, they're they good for maybe a tiny amount of people, but mm-hmm. generally for the, the team members at your practice, they're ineffective. They're, they're going to uh, not be as effective, as effective as something more long-term, continuous. And if you see results you're more than happy to continue. It's like yourself as a marketer. You know, if the client's getting results the whole way through, they're going to hang on to you because you're getting them those results that they know if they ended would not continue. So that's really been my philosophy now is that, mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've, I work on that a little bit more. But back to those conversions, mm-hmm. I think, you know, look at what the conversion rate is now. Ideally it'd be lovely to get to, you know, high 80s and converting all those calls or online bookings. Yep. But we want to see improvements. Yes. I always say, gosh, if you have a 5% improvement over so many weeks, celebrate, 10%, celebrate, you know, 12%. It, it's all about making that number go up rather than go down. If that number keeps going up, yeah, yeah like it's it's don't don't jump too quickly from a low conversion to a high because that's, They're not going to be able to maintain that. Just you know, because you have to put things in place. You know, more conversions often. You know, more phone calls coming in. Are they? We look at that. Yeah, Uh, one of the yeah, one of the things I measure is how many missed calls come into a practice. How many calls are not being answered? What's going on there? Mm -hmm. The girls don't know how to put people on hold. Mm -hmm. Simple. That's often what it is. They don't have the skills. They don't know how to pick up a phone when no one else is there and they've got a patient in front of them. They don't have that skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so once they have that skill, then they're answering more calls. Yeah. They're more, much more effective and still helping their patient in front of them. So um, these are the things that pop up when we see those numbers. You know, are you getting a lot of before and after hour phone calls that you're missing? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, what, what have you got into place for that?
1: Yeah, How are you dealing
0: with that? Totally. And then the other one is the
1: expectation that uh, a prospective patient would leave a message for you to call them back. You know, like existing patients probably will, but a brand new patients who you don't have a relationship with, chances are they're not going to leave a um, a message. No, it's
0: usually hang up. Yeah, yeah. And I, if I, if I talk about that with teams, usually the initial response is, "Oh, but we we've got their number; we can call them back." And I, I always then say, "How's that going for you? What results are you getting from that?" And they usually can't answer because I believe the answer is that they can't get hold of those people. Yeah. Why would there's nothing nothing invested for those people to pick up the phone when you're trying to ring them back because you can't be bothered answering the phone in the first place or returning their calls. So yeah. it's um, yeah, totally. yeah, it's but yeah, you touch on
1: something um, that I'm just curious about because when we talk about conversion rate. Like you mentioned, hmm. it's not just how many people say they will come to the appointment, but how many actually shows up. So back to my um, my my numbers, is there a number that that a practice should aim for for the actual
0: attendance rates? Well, I'd like I'd I, with our practice, and I've there's a, a few practices that I've worked with where we've actually got them up to the eighty nine. I say eighty nine because I hate throwing away even numbers. Like 90%. My numbers are never even. So I always 80, 90 is my go-to number, even it may have been 87. Um, but but around that, that percentage, there's no reason why those those conversions can't. And and that's where there's other skills that come into place that you've got a new patient on the phone, you're trying to create that commitment for that patient. So there's certain language that we try and use. So the patient actually believes that their appointment has actually been confirmed. Uh a, a, big, a big problem that patients have is all of a sudden we ring them and we say, I'm just ringing to confirm your appointment two or one day before the appointment. And so the, the message we send to the patient is it wasn't confirmed. So now's the time for me to change my mind. Mm. And that wasn't what we intended, but that's often what the action is. So we, we're changing that and that immediately increases that attendance. Is it 100%? No. There'll always be those valid reasons why a patient may need to reschedule their appointment. And, gosh, we've had the last year where it's just been that those reasons have skyrocketed as soon as someone's in isolation or they've been in close contact, you know, it's just been hard. So we've had to handle that. And so the numbers haven't been ideal for a lot of practices, and then we had a surge of people wanting to come back to the dentist. Now we're starting to see that slow down again. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. sudden, we're getting back to the old ways of patients um, cancelling for not such good reasons. Yeah. Um, okay. so but you're yeah,
1: high eighties for the attention.
0: Yeah, day. yeah, or, or sort of. I think our personal, our practice, uh, we we probably most of the time we were in the mid seventies. But the, one of the practices I worked with, we got it beyond that. So we allowed for, as I said, the people switching and changing. Um, we looked at a rescheduled appointment as a cancelled appointment because we took them out of the present appointment, gotcha. and it changed gotcha. the appointment schedule. Yeah. So for us, even if they're rescheduling, mm-hmm. which we sort of see as half, half, half not not as bad because we don't have to follow them up, but they still change the appointment schedule in the present. Yes. So. Yes. You know we we looked at that as a cancellation number as well. Mm-hmm. but sure. it's, yeah, there's no there's no reason why that number can't be the same, maybe maybe down slightly. But as I said, the the conversion, a true conversion is the person that's actually sitting in the chair. Yeah That's when they've For converted. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And our For part sure. of our job is to keep them on track if all of a sudden, there's a time frame between when they schedule and confirm the appointment to when they actually arrive at the practice, and so you know we we need to keep in touch with our patients as well, mm-hmm. and have those points of contact.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's um it's interesting, but yeah, but again, it comes down to to measuring those numbers, know know your metrics, know what's actually happening, so that then you can sort out where the problems are. Otherwise, you don't know where they are. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. So have you got some stories to share around like some of the the clients that you've worked with? And um, am I allowed to tell stories?
0: I thought that that, that will be coming on in my (laughs) memoirs. Well, I suppose, as I said before, I think the successful, it's interesting because a lot of, I work with different teams, mostly women. Okay. Most of the teams I work with are are generally the demographics of their women, young, middle aged, and not so much my age group, but a few. And and it's quite fascinating because sometimes I have to be careful not to get into a pre-judgment. I had one young girl at a practice and I actually deep down, I never said anything. I thought, oh, don't know whether she's cut out for this. I don't know whether she can make those changes. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she turned into a little butterfly and she just, she didn't fly off, but she just she made those changes. She actually doubted herself because she had a family member who she was comparing herself to that had worked at the practice. And then all of a sudden it just started to happen. She started to put a few things one at a time into place and all of a sudden now she's helping other team members and empowering them oh. to uh, do what so when I do onboarding sometimes you know they'll they'll work with her as well. But yeah, you just you never quite know with team members. Um, I always say I like to give team members an opportunity to shine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they take a little bit longer than other people and we can't uh, rush them. Mm-hmm. But it's, it does come down to their attitude as well. Yeah, you know, you can win that desire. Yeah. So I always, you know, say with recruiting just if they've got an attitude, a great attitude to learn and want to be better and, you know, how can that not be good for the culture of the practice? Um, but yeah, but and and there's a few practices I'm working with that are using uh, different ways of uh, tracking and measuring too. There's there's little um, additions to software that are available now so that it can actually give you hand feed you a lot of metrics, mm-hmm. and then you can really keep on track. But um, I think that the biggest challenge, I suppose, we found in dental practices with team members has been uh, onboarding. There's just a, an attrition rate of team members. Um, yeah. There's only maybe one or two practices that I work with, well, only one that has the original team that have been with this dentist for two years. And they have a great team, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's not keeping people that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so onboarding is important, getting them to know that this is how we answer the phone in our dental practice. Mm-hmm. This is what that expectation is. Yes. and And it's non-negotiable. Yes. It's... Yeah.
1: Because people think that just, and like, you're just talking, what's the big deal? And often I hear the dentist is the one that is coaching the front office um, yeah. team members, and that could work sometimes, but then some other times there's probably some gaps and areas of improvement that
0: can go to that next level. Um, yeah. I suppose it's, you know, it's their baby, isn't it? It's their business, and, and they've got a lot vested in it. And, and, you know, they try, uh, I suppose, with that sort of thing, I see that more as trying to micromanage. It's, you know, dentists want to try and do everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're, I don't think they're purposely trying to shortcut because they don't want to invest the money, time and energy into hiring people who are the experts to come in and do it. I think they just think that this is the easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. They get scared too. Who am I going to get to work with my team? Mm-hmm. And that's something, you know, oh, can they meet you? You know, I said, absolutely. If you think your team need to meet me before we actually work together to break the ice, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they get a bit nervous. Oh, we've done, you know, we've done sort of training before and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, my question is always why do you think it didn't work? Mm-hmm. What do you think went wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And trying to get to the bottom of that because there's always a reason. Mm-hmm. It could be the, the the team weren't receptive to it because of that particular team. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be because the person they had wasn't a good match. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's they, they hold their team precious and I think, you know, when they're about to invest, I call it time, energy and money into their team. Yeah. Um, but the one question I, I often get um, or a statement from dentists, oh, I'm a bit nervous about uh, hiring people to come in and work with my team just in case they don't stay. That you know, we've we've spent all this money and time I training. Team and member goes
1: elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And interesting. I know, and it's that cliche, isn't it, where you say back to them, well, it could be worse. What if you don't train them and they stay? <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got untrained people in your people that have no system to follow that you've just let loose because as you said, they can answer the phone. What qualifications you have? I know how to answer the phone. Well, I'm thinking, you know, probably six-year-olds know how to answer a phone, but but answering a phone in a dental practice, in a business, that's mm-hmm. completely different. Oh, and the choice and, of words.
1: And I remember, like, in my, in my late teens when I had multiple jobs and I worked at Target and I worked at the Ritz-Carlton at the same time, and I can tell you the way how you answer the phone for the two different Different businesses is very different. It,
0: ah. you know, it,
1: yeah. Uh, just the choice of words, the tone that you use, mm-hmm. how you say it. Um, yeah. At one stage, I was like, you know, the receptionist for
0: for Tajay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you would have sounded like you would have been top of the game, though. Like you uh, would have had all the skills. I was, in my, in my- my <laughs> then.
1: I, I do know, high school, <laughs> uni. <laughs>
0: Yeah, compared oh, to the yeah. risk
1: and and how you answer the phone there. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think, you know, ultimately what, what we're aiming to do when coaching dental teams is that the aim is, yeah, we want to help them get results for the, the business owner, for the business yeah. helping patients. But it's also about making life easier for them making life easier for the for the and having that support there for them. Because a lot of the time, especially if it's just two people working in the practice at the front desk, they they may not have that contact and support. The dentist hasn't got time to give it to them. So often I find that I come in not only coaching them uh, with their communication skills and answering phones and face to face with patients, but also as a support to them about things they're finding difficult. Mm. things that they need help with and and uh, you know over the COVID period that we had all the there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of heartache with lots of things that were happening and uh, yeah it's I think it's uh, I, I like to I, I enjoy that part of what I do as well yeah. to have to be there as a support yeah yeah yes, you, can, you and, hear
1: about your clients
0: yeah and sometimes I make things up as I go. I know that sounds terrible, doesn't it? I don't. I have systems to follow. But over the last two years, that's what I had to do with my clients. It was like, okay. It was like, Jane, what do we say to my patients right now? I was like, okay, let me work something out. Yeah. We'll come up with it. Then we'll get together, put our heads together, and we'll, we'll work out sort of scripts, sort of ways that we can talk to patients. Because was a, it was two years of reassurance. It was two years of feeling like we're not letting them down. Mm -hmm. Like imagine we were calling patients to say, hey, we have to cancel your appointments, not because we want to, because we have to. Mm -hmm. And then patients were, like, concerned. Yes. And, you know, the joke was, well, why weren't they concerned when, you know, as soon as we had lockdown and everything, everyone wanted to come to the dentist? (laughs) No, we were trying to get them in and persuade them and then all of a sudden it was like when they couldn't come in they wanted to come in and we it's couldn't see like it.
1: that isn't
0: it yeah. i know i know yeah.
1: so, so jen what type of services do you offer
0: Okay, Um, so I talked earlier about, you know, those continuum programs. So what what I try and what I've done is I've streamlined everything into really basically one coaching program uh, I call Tracking Excellence where um, they get lots of other types of coaching with my husband, David Moffat. We also work together as a team and we offer support to dentists. So we package all that up so that not only are we listening to phone calls, Mm -hmm. providing uh, support for the team, but we also have support that we provide to the dentist as well mm-hmm. so we want you know we wanted a good match and we found that has been a really good delivery of our program because it opened what happened was we're listening to phone calls and it opened up uh, a can of worms all of a sudden we saw that there were things falling down here that they needed help with wow. um, mm-hmm. so it's still very much focused obviously on listening to phone calls mm-hmm. uh, supporting and developing those skills uh, with uh, we do it with zoom uh, coaching time. so we have basically have two two half hour training calls a month. Uh, then there's a group call they come in and they get really good support uh, materials, scripts, checklists, things that they need next to them, next to their desks, to help them when I'm not there with them every every moment of the way. Um, so we do offer that. The other the other program that um, I put together it's it's really an independent learning uh, program and tool, and that's my uh, online masterclass. So, um, yeah, which is really a series of videos. So they get me, but in the form of videos. So they can turn me off anytime they like. (laughs) (laughs) Or rewind me, fast forward. (laughs) I know, I'm watching you. I can see you're doing that. (laughs) Um, And for some practices, that's been successful. Some have actually come from that. um, And they've then decided, hey, we need something more. We need something to really yeah. hold our team accountable yeah. so that they can develop those really great communication skills and habits. So then they start with the core tracking. Um, mm-hmm. But that gives them that initial taste, and really good as an onboarding tool. So, you know, team members can sit down, yeah. put the headphones on. Uh, they've got support material uh, uh, and learning tools that go with it as well. That's so a um, good orientation
1: for a, a yeah. new FOC member as part of their orientation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, yeah, because one of the challenges too with onboarding is who's doing the onboarding? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of practices, Some there's some really big practices, as you know, uh, who we have shared client, uh, where we have, you know, a manager who basically is in control of all the multiple practices and then they have individual managers and they have other team members. They have a lot of team members you know, the average practice really maybe has three, four, maybe five maximum team members. Mm-hmm. So we've got to think if they're taking on new team members, who is the person that's going to nurture them and onboard them? So if we can have support and different things that they can sit down, learn independently with a level of accountability, that just takes that onus off that that manager who's also managing so many other things. Yeah, sure. oh, It's like an
1: 80-20, you know, 80% is done, you know, where self-paced. And then there's yes. 20% where then the practice manager or uh, the support manager can can help them. But then, of course, yes. you, the best one is actually yes. engaging you on an ongoing basis so you actually get to listen to the course and then give feedback okay. and then keep, you know, tweaking and optimising because the choice, choice of words, choice of tone um, is huge. Mm. So, uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So Definitely. what's the best way for people um, to be in touch with you, Jane?
0: Okay, what I uh, wanted to organise uh, with you, if I can, is to provide a Calendly link. Now, it's basically just a link that if people are interested to know more, I really do want to have a uh, either a face-to-face zoom or a phone call. Of course, a phone call um, conversation with you. so I can find out a little bit more. And I found that that's been the best way uh, for me, you know I can uh, give you also a link to uh, do an uh, an online booking inquiry as well. but this way they can go straight to my calendar, they can choose a time that suits them, and that way uh, we can talk about it further. and just see where that match is. what what's going to suit them the best uh with this sort of program and how i can i can work in with them i've also got obviously my website you can go to dentalphoneexcellence.com.au mm-hmm. where there's a lot of information about uh, call tracking and the different options that are available with the online uh, masterclass as well yeah. so uh, and my facebook page and there's lots of social media out there and i write a blog every week so i always recommend subscribe to my blog on my website mm-hmm. and that way you know this week uh I, I wrote a, a book about offering patient solutions. When we're on the phone with the front office coordinator, we start the ball rolling with offering solutions, not only an appointment but getting them thinking,
1: mm. getting
0: them thinking about what their options could be, and all this can happen and unfold in that conversation. I like that.
1: That's, that's, a, yeah. that's
0: really good.
1: I um, Well, definitely include those things in the um, show note of this uh, episode. So, Beautiful. Yeah, That'd definitely. Give give me the calendar link so I can include it in that as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I definitely
0: yeah. will. Cool. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, it's been an awesome chat, Jane. <laughs> you know, so many you. you know gold nuggets that you have um dropped along the way. So I uh, really appreciate your time and, and sharing that. And um yeah, I look forward to us continuing working together and helping our yeah. our clients grow and prosper.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You're very welcome, and I, I always enjoy talking to you. You've always got the best questions. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Shane. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Content Maximizer podcast. You can get a full transcript of this episode plus access to a lot more free online marketing tips at www.contentmaximizer.com. See you at the next episode.